This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I remember when I was a child, I was not always glad when they said to me, go to the house of the Lord. Um, like, Mom and Dad, we got, we got to go again? Yeah, we do this every week. Every, well, I said it Wednesday night, but the question, a very terrible question you can ask around our house is, are we going to church tonight? I rebuke that spirit. <laughs> it's, uh, we are going to church, and we are going to be a part of God's kingdom. Everybody say amen. If you want to turn with me in the word of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to be going through a couple verses of Scripture, familiar verses of Scripture that I've preached from in the past, and I like to highlight every once in a while. I started preparing with some different Scriptures, and um, I may get into uh, Philippians 4 next week or something, or maybe Wednesday night, I don't know. But um, we're going to look in Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 25 and um, through 29. And... Um, think that uh, this message is, needs to be preached here today. Amen. Colossians 1 through 21, uh, excuse me, Colossians 1, verse 25, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Um, we all should strive to fulfill the word of God in our life. Amen. We should strive to fulfill God's word. It's not my word, it's God's word. Amen. In verse number 26, even the mystery which hath been hid from the ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Somebody say, Christ in me. That's the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving for the word today. Somebody say, which worketh in me mightily. Thankful for the word today. Somebody say, amen. Amen. Before I get into the word of the Lord even more in depth, I want to thank the two young men from Indiana Bible College today. Amen. Micah and Jacob, we're thankful that you're here and um, thankful for their spirit. Um, I'm going to do something a little different. I want to ask Jacob to come and I want him to come and just, just give a word of a testimony, share something that's on his heart. You, you don't have a half an hour. I got to preach yet. So, you know, just... Just give a testimony. I talked to him before service. I love this young man. He's been here, what, four times probably? Three, four or five times. And every time I'm impressed with his spirit and his attitude and his willingness to grow in God and know, know the things of the Lord. So I'm going to just give him a moment. Is that all right? To share just a little bit. Man, praise the Lord, church. Don't worry. I, I, brought, I brought a Bible up here. I'm not, I'm not going to speak long. I'm sorry. Um, I, there's a lot of things I could testify about, and I was trying to figure out what... Um, to talk about, um, but I wanted to talk about my most recent trip. I was aiming in Bolivia, and uh, if you don't know where Bolivia is, in South America. It's between Peru and Paraguay. Um, and I was aiming there for three months, and just a lot of things happened, and a lot of things were going on. I know the Lord worked on me a lot, but I got an opportunity to uh, do the youth camp there. And when I was doing the youth camp, um, we had five get baptized and two get the Holy Ghost. And it was, Amen. But when I began to think about just the, just the overall things of what happened that day was, you know, we got done preaching and there was a move of God and we're like, thank you, Lord. And we're, um, we went up there and we asked anybody, I said, hey, who, who wants to be baptized? Because we'll baptize you today. And they're like, well, we had about two people. And we're like, well, one person's enough for us to get ready. So we're in the middle, we're in the campgrounds is in this mountain in the middle of the desert. So you would think it would be kind of hot, but it's actually really cold. And so, because we're all the way high up in this desert and so we began to fill up the baptistry, and we have four water hoses going into it, and we have a guy in the back boiling water to pour it in there because they said it's too cold, and they don't want to get in the water because it was too cold. So we're over here pouring boiling water in the thing, and it would cool down, like, 
instantly when it got poured in. And so I'm over here with buckets trying to pour it in, trying to get everything ready because I was like, we need to baptize these people. And then all of a sudden when we started baptizing people, we baptized the first one and everyone was thank you, Lord, and we baptized the one. And they go, well, we just put all the effort in this water. Anybody else need to be baptized because right now is the time. So all of a sudden we had another person, and then we had another person, so we ended up baptizing five. And, amen. And I began to think, man, I, I am thankful that the gospel is still being preached around the world. I'm thankful that we're still baptizing people in the name of Jesus. You better be thankful that you have a nice little setup over here for when you bring your guests or when someone, if you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, you know, this is the place to be because, I mean, you could be ba- being baptized in the middle of a desert where it's freezing cold and you're around everybody and everybody's like, oh, get, you know, get baptized. But you have a nice loving place here. But I'm thankful that the word of God is still being preached around the world. I'm thankful that I got to be a part of it. Um, there's something real small that I wanted to share to kind of encourage you real fast. And I'll let, let you <laughs> go ahead and start preaching the word. I believe you got a good word for us today. Um, Brother Dame, he's the missionary in Bolivia, and my three months being there, I got to be under him, and I was so privileged to be under him. Uh, He's an IBC alumni. He's been a missionary for several years. He loves his country um, that he's been uh, called to. And I began to talk to him, and he would tell me, he said, you know, Jacob, he said, I go on a daily day basis. He's a pastor there in Bolivia, and he goes, I, you know, I deal with the same people every time. And, you know, and you look at all these posts about thousands of people getting the Holy Ghost and thousands of people getting baptized every season. He's like, and it's amazing. He's like, but that's just not here. <laughs> he goes, he's like, on the daily, I'm just teaching Bible studies. I'm going to have coffee with somebody. I'm encouraging somebody. And at the end of the month, I have to send a report in. To headquarters and tell them what I've been doing and he said I get so frustrated sometimes because I look at everybody else and they're like oh well he's doing better than me or she's doing better than me or maybe I feel like I'm not doing what I need to do but he would just write said you know what brother uh uh he, he would say you know what I'm just gonna write this he said I'm still here and he would say that over and over again he said you know yes maybe things are not going here but I haven't left yet I, I'm not gonna give up yet and I believe it's Proverbs 24 verse 16 that says a righteous man falleth Seven times, but then he's still going to get up. So no matter, I want to encourage you today that no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, just keep telling the devil, you know, hey, you're going to knock me down sometimes, but I'm still going to be here. You know, I still have an altar to go to. I still have a presence of God. I have a place where people love God. And if I can get into your presence one more time, God, I'm still going to be here. So no matter what things are coming against you, no matter what's going on, no matter if it all looks like everything is going bad. Let me tell you, just keep saying, I'm still going to be here. I'm still, nothing's going to kick me down. Nothing's going to knock me down from the will of God because there's going to be a place here in Avon where the Holy Ghost is going to be poured out. And they're going to be looking for a church that says, we have never left. I'm still here. You still, need the, you still need the Holy Ghost. I'm still here. If you still need healing, if you still need deliverance, I'm here. Amen. Thank you for having us this morning. Amen. Amen, amen. I appreciate his spirit. And I, I, I couldn't remember where he went on his missions trip, but he was so excited last semester when he was uh, wanting to go. And so he has a heart for missions, and um, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And um, one thing I appreciate about what he said, he said he was there to serve under somebody. Amen. Amen, to serve under somebody and be led by uh, God-given leadership. Amen. I want to preach to you just for a little bit um, on the subject of open for business. Um, we're open for business. You know, I, I do enjoy coming to the house of the Lord. Can I get an amen? Um, I love seeing people love Jesus. I, I, I get encouraged by seeing people love the Lord. I'm encouraged by your praise and your worship. I'm encouraged when you show up. You know, so we can say, I'm glad you're here. Um, and when we come into the presence of the Lord, um, come into his presence with an expectation that God can move in your life. I come with an expectation that God will move in your life and God will be the miracle worker that he is. Um, I expect God to do what he does and what he does best. I, I do know this without a shadow of a doubt that God can heal you. Let me just say this, God will heal you. Let me rephrase that. God will heal you. Let me say that again. God will heal you. Whether it's here or in glory, God will heal you. God will heal your broken heart. 
He can take a person battling depression today and give you joy. Can I just talk for a little bit? He can take somebody that's stressed and burn out and give peace of mind. Just like that. There's no begging God. God can do it. There's nothing like the Spirit of God that moves through the house of where we're in while we meet together and we sing songs and we encourage people to raise their hands and get in the aisleways like we did earlier and people begin to worship the Lord. And, and we are so excited about those things and I'm thankful for the presence of God. And we've seen the sick healed in this place over the last few weeks. We've seen rotator cuffs healed by the name of Jesus Christ. Sister Cindy raising her hand over there again. It has been healed by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I still believe that when we lay hands on people, they shall be healed. I believe that when I call upon the name of Jesus, it's not like calling upon the name of Tim Bryan. It's not, talk, it's not the same name as, as my brother's name. It's not the same name as an elder in this room. But when I call upon the name of Jesus, something is about to happen. Something is about to be let loose in our life. There is no other name than the name of Jesus Christ. I don't pray uh, in, in, in the name of the Father or the name of the Son. I pray in that name, which is the name of Jesus Christ. I believe that that name should be held uh, high in our life and, and with reverence and with fear, the fear of God in our spirit. And when we pray, we expect God to, re people to receive the Holy Ghost. I, I've, I've heard the deaf actually speak in a service one time and they could not hear, they could not talk, but God filled them with the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden when the Holy Ghost began to move, they were able to talk and hear. I was a part of a service where somebody walked in blind and they walk out seen. You come too late to tell me the name of Jesus Christ is not alive and it's not well and it's still moving in this place. I've been part of a service where a lady came in with so much cancer in her body. We laid hands upon her and she went home that night and she regurgitated all the cancer that was in her body. She went to the doctor the next day and took some of that with her. They said, that was the cancer that was in your body and you're now cancer free. You've come too late to tell me that Jesus is not still alive and he is not still on the throne. God is the God of all. He is the God of heaven and of earth. Sick are being healed. Lives are altered in the house of God. If you are here today and need a touch from the Lord, I'm telling you, you're in the right place because we call upon the name of Jesus Christ. And let me instill some faith in you that God, when you call upon the name of Jesus, you can expect God to begin to move. It may happen instantaneously, but it may take a little bit of walk of faith out of your spirit that says, I prayed unto a God, and he is faithful, and he is just. And it may be when you get home you feel that touch. It may be the next morning, but when you begin to walk in faith and say, Jesus, I've called upon your name, and I know you heard me, and I know you've answered, so therefore I shall rejoice and be glad in this moment. I believe there are times when we come in the house of the Lord that we're altered by the hand of God. If you're here today, I'm sure there are many needs in the place. And I know there are need, I know there are needs in this place. Second Corinthians chapter number six, verse number two, he said, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today can will and can be your day of blessing and salvation if you want it. The scripture in 2 Corinthians that was written, it was written to and it says now is the time. But the Bible teaches us that the word of God always is and it's eternal word. So just as that scripture says now then, it also says now now. Never thought I would say now twice like that. But, I, but the word of God, when it says I am, that right now is the accepted time, it's 2,000 years down the road, and right now is still the accepted time. 
I believe the Word of God and I believe the things of God that can move in this place. But as a body of Christ, we need to be open for business. I said we need to be open for business. Here's the, here's the contemplation. And this may sound familiar with you, because I, but I need to challenge us again. Somehow, some way, sometime down the road of our life, we have accepted the knowledge and believed the knowledge and have lived out the knowledge that God works at 1030 on Sunday. That God has and is structured like we are, that we show up on Sunday and expect God to work in that moment. We have come to the knowledge and, 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 and with the, with the, uh, the, the uh, presumption that we expect God to move on Sunday or on Wednesday or whatever time the service may be. We may believe that God's going to move today at 4 o'clock at El Shaddai. I believe that God's going to move at 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock. He may move in the middle of the night. But we work best at those times. We expect God and we think God works best at those times. But reality, it is us that work best at those times. It's not God that he doesn't have times he takes off. He doesn't have times that he sleeps. He doesn't uh, go to bed at night. Well, I hope the kingdom is going to be okay. i got other things to do. Christ works best when there's a surge of energy in worship. I'm being facetious, y'all. His spirit moves the best and most when the songs and the worship are in harmony and they're singing the right songs that I want them to sing. We are moved by the emotion we build and the belief that God is in our midst to bless us. We get tears in our eyes when we see someone be blessed of God. We are moved when brother and sister worships that certain way. We get enthused easily when others are agreeing with us, as we should. But we feel as though God is at His best on Sunday. God is at His best at a particular time because we put so much stock in those few fleeting hours of worship and word. But please don't misunderstand me or miss the point that I'm trying to make today. We believe this idea is because, because this is when we work best for the Lord. We work best at a certain, a lot of time. And we work best and we're open for business when we open the doors and turn the line on and say, Lord, I'm here for your touch. Lord, I'm here for a blessing. Ladies and gentlemen, we should be just as open for business on Monday just like we are on Sunday. I should pray just like I pray on Sunday. I should pray that same way. On I don't need to wait to an altar in a right song to get a hold of God. I don't need to say, God, I can't wait till I get to church and get my blessing. That's not what it's about. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Today is the day. Word says that can be any time. Thursdays get rough. Wednesdays get tough. Mondays get tough. Now is the accepted time to get a hold of God. I don't need to call my pastor and I don't need to, to wail on somebody's shoulder. I have an altar. I have a place. I know God can move just as much on Sunday as he is on Monday or, or vice versa. God can move at any time. I think we need to get back to the reality that God wants to move in our life every single hour, every single day, every single moment. We Need to be open for God's business. Be open for God's business. Sunday, yes, is a great day. We come together for a great time in the Lord. And like I said at the beginning, I wouldn't miss it for anything. When people come together. When people come together to worship God. It strengthens us. It, it, it encourages us. And don't mistaken that we need to be in the house of the Lord. You need the kingdom of God. You need your brothers and sisters. I need you. I hope you need me. There's a, there's a strength in when we see one another and we agree one another in the presence of God. But let me just 
uh, uh, just jump back for a second to say, but that's, yes, that's important. But I need to carry that with me. Somebody say amen. I need to carry that with me. That when Monday comes and Tuesday's trials come and that mountain faces me again, I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to worship you anyway. Lord, I'm going to magnify you anyway. I'm going to put on joy. I'm going to put on peace. I'm going to put on long-suffering. I'm going to put on temperance. And I'm going to do your will no matter what comes my way. But the Bible says that he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. However, the all flesh has stipulations. God is not looking for a, a somebody that has a prescribed time for Jesus. I'm going to say this. God's not looking for people that just want to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to put you in my schedule from here and here. And that you're going to move and then I'll, I'll move on. God does not work that way. God is not bound by your time. Come on, I said, God is not bound or interested in your time. He wants you to be interested in his time. He's not looking for ones who want to pick it up and lay it down again. Where are the people of God that when they get up on Monday, they say, this is the door, Lord, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I said, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to say it again. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't know how many times that I didn't feel like being glad in it, but I got up in the morning, looked at me in the mirror, and I said, I will rejoice today and be glad. Why? Because I once was a sinner. I once was on my way to hell. I once was lost, but now, by the help of God, I am found. When I feel lost and I feel undone, that doesn't change God. Uh, let me tell you, when my, my, my world is turned upside down, that doesn't change God. That, cha- that, that doesn't change the heart of God or the things of God. That's why when I am struggling and when things of this world are attacking my mind, I got to say, yo, they, they slay me yet, will I still trust him? I still will raise that banner for Jesus Christ. We have placed Jesus into a box. So the Holy Ghost right there. I said, we put Jesus in a box. And we up, unwrap him like a Christmas present. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Woo. We, 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 we think that, uh, you know, church is like a Christmas present. When you need something, we show up to church. I'm going to get around people that I know will give me something. And that's the way we treat the Lord. There are some people, and I won't look around because I, there's nobody in here like this. But there are some people that will only come to the house of God when they need something, when things are going bad. But you ain't got time to tell the Lord how wonderful he is when things are going good. The Lord giveth and he taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I said the Lord giveth and he taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> you know what gets us, in a, gets us in a way? It's our flesh. It's carnality. And when I feel as though I begin become weak, that's when I put on the name of Jesus Christ again. I say, Lord, I refuse to fall into this trap of the devil. I refuse. I'm going to be a child of God. And I begin to, to, to grow in the Lord in that moment. We, we have in this trap, this trap of this box that we uh, have created over time, that we invite people to come to the house of the Lord for salvation. And that's good. But don't you know, salvation is available 24-7, seven days a week. So when I go into the store, I say, do you know who Jesus is? Last Sunday, I challenged you to go into the restaurant and say, Jesus is king. I was at McAllister's, and I walked up to the counter, and there's a young girl there. And, I, and, I, and we were talking, and I said, I said you know, I'm, I'm really thirsty. I said, uh, we were in church today, and my voice is not, I, I said, I could use a good sweet tea. That's the Holy Ghost right there. Good sweet tea, good honor Palmer, you know, some lemonade and some tea. 
And uh, I said, did you go to church today? I said, you know Jesus is, is, is alive today. And I began to, she kind of shook her head. She said, yeah, I, I go to church when I can. And I go to this church. She named a church. And I said, but Jesus is alive. And she said, yes, he is. We, we can't be afraid of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, we open and close for business way too much, y'all. I say we are open and closed for business way too much. We cannot, we got to make up our mind that I am committed to the cause of Christ. And when things get great, I'm going to worship. But when things turn out bad, I'm still going to worship. Because I am in the presence of the almighty God. Going a little bit different than what I have in my notes here. But we're going to preach on anyway. We understand through scripture that we are, everybody say we are, the body of Christ. We are the church as a collective people of his name. According to Ephesians 1.23, I didn't give this uh, to Brother Raphael, but Ephesians 1.23, the church is his body, the body of Christ, the fullness of him. Of course, this is not the only statement in the New Testament about the nature of the church, but, but is uh, definitive when it comes to the church's presence in the world. The model for the church is Jesus Christ. The model for the church is not having a church service at a specific time. And we do that, and I want you to be here, and that's right and in order. But it is Christ is the model for the church. I said Christ is the model for the church. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. We worship in Jesus' name. Because I can only do all things through Christ that strengtheneth us. I cannot be the man of God that God wants me to be if I'm not made in him. If I'm not living him. If I'm not living after what he would want in my life. The essential gospel centers on something, on the person of Christ. The church is the, is the, is the embodiment, embodiment of the vision of, of God in, the, in this community. The gospel is Jesus. The Bible says he is the good news. Everything else is the vehicle to an accurate presentation of him. We're going to get down to brass tacks here just for a moment. Here's what it is. This is not a social club. We don't do events just to do events. We're measured by the presence of God. This is a spiritual house. I said this is a spiritual house. And this is not just showing up at Wendy's on, on Sunday afternoon and hoping to get what you ordered. But let me tell you, this is the house of God, and I want to get whatever God has ordered for me. We go on Amazon and eBay and go to restaurants. We look down the menu and see what we want, but we take that same spirit into the house of God and we go down the menu of the word of the Lord and I need this and I need that. I could really use some of that and I could use give me, give me and Lord uh, biggie size that because I'm going to need a little bit more for tomorrow, but we put down an order what we need from God but all God wants is say, no, 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 no don't come to me and tell me what you need. I know exactly what you need. Go back to my prayer in Matthew 6 and he said, and the Bible says, not my will, but thy will be done. My will, not my desires, but your desires. Because God knows what you're going to need tomorrow. And he'll give you today what you need tomorrow if you say, not my will. We reject. We are open for business when it fits or suits us. I've seen people dance and shout. Because they feel as though they got what they needed and they walk out of the place that they're in and they go right back to the same lifestyle and the same struggle over and over and over and over. It's, and I said this Wednesday night, let me say it today. What we have is not a knowledge problem in this house. Let me say that again. We don't have a knowledge problem. I know I'm preaching kind of maybe a little, a little straight here today and you're just going to have to get over it. This is, there's, there's, a, there's not a knowledge problem. We can quote scriptures. I don't know how many times somebody on social media takes the word out of context. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all is with him and bless his little, bless his, not his little name, but bless his name. And God has been so good to me. And done this and done this. And, but they don't live a life. It rains on the just and the unjust, y'all. 
Good happens to, to everybody and bad happens to everybody. It's just, just the way life works at times and, 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 and all these things. But we, we find ourselves in a, in a place where we, we expect God to move in a certain fashion or a certain way. We pick from a menu for God to move in our life. When and where the church has failed to carry on this approach of being open for business, cultures have failed to be truly Christian and Christ-like. The Bible shows us and teaches us how will they know that you are his? How will this community know that we are children of God? By the fruit of our life, love that we have one towards another. Care for one another. With these truths in mind and the things of God in mind, any effort to present Jesus Christ must focus on the church, not just on Sunday, but on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. No matter how big the church becomes, no matter if we get 1,000 people or 5,000 people, it doesn't matter. Jesus has to be the clear reason for everything. We skip down here for a moment. Let me just say this. We are not an activity station. We're not an activities list. We have things and social things. Yeah, we want to come together, and that's great. That's fine, and we can come together because we're a body. We're a family, and families do need to get together and, and worship the Lord and, and have uh, times together. You can invite people over to your home and, and encourage one another in the Lord. And that's, that's fine. That's great. And that's, that's healthy. That's what a body does. We, we encourage one another, but the church is not defined by an events on the calendar, and we have a calendar, and Sister Nicole does a great job putting those things on that calendar, but we're not defined by a calendar. Can I get an amen? Not defined by a calendar. Lifeway is not defined to what outings we can put together and how much funds we can raise for a certain project. It's not about that. In fact, it's not even about money. Church is not about money, y'all. It's not money how much the pastor makes or doesn't make. It's not matter what he drives or he doesn't drive. It doesn't matter what kind of paint we have on the walls. and it doesn't matter what kind of carpet we have. It doesn't even matter how much talent or lack of talent we have in certain attributes of the ministries. What it is about is about Jesus Christ and making him known to know him and to make him known that's no about you but I don't want to be defined as a gadget church as a gadget church that compels people to come because we have a gadget or we have or giving away something or the only thing we're giving away is Jesus Christ and the only thing that we're trying to uh, propagate is the name of the Lord and, and his word. And this world has come in so far away that the word of God and even a worship song that used to cause us to dance and shout doesn't even move us anymore. It's because we're so entertained by the world, we have lost our love and the response for the things of God. It's because we pick and choose the time that we want God to work. We have got to be a body, and we got to be a church that says, I'm open for business every day of the week. And God, if you wake me up in the morning, wake me up in the morning. If you wake me up at 3 o'clock, I'm not going to put my head back on my pillow. I'm going to say, God, you're speaking to me. Show me what you want me to do right now. So encouraged uh, when I heard that uh, Tamela told me that Randy was at a restaurant a couple weeks ago, and I think Bill was with him, and they began to pray for somebody right there in the restaurant. Because we're open for business. Somebody say amen. I said we're open for business. I began to look at the word of God and look at Jesus' life and the apostles' life. Where all did the miracles happen? Where did the miracles happen? It was either on their way to the temple or they had just left the temple. Jesus was on his way somewhere, and they, he wasn't at the temple. He wasn't at certain places, but he saw blind Bartimaeus crying out. A woman with an issue of blood reached out for him. He was on his way to do the will of the Father. Ladies and gentlemen, we have got to be open for business. Jesus is calling for a church to, to rise up and say, I want to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And I'm not ashamed of that gift. Too many in this, and if I, I, there is a spirit of the Antichrist that is played out in this world. And that's not a popular phrase, but it's very prevalent in this time. 
And let me say it again. There is a spirit of Antichrist that is trying to get into the families, try to get you to enter. You will, we will, the devil wants to entertain us so much that when it comes to the things of God, we are no longer entertained. The Bible says there are two men that I find in Scripture, Judas Iscariot and Demas. Judas betrayed the Lord for silver. Many of us will lose our walk with God for a job, for a position, or for things, or for notoriety. Demas is not mentioned but three times in Scripture. He was with Luke and Paul when Paul was writing to the Colossian church. He said, but in 2 Timothy 4.10 it says, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Ladies and gentlemen, there are too many people that are walking away from God because the pleasures of this world are more tantalizing than the things of God. I want a church that says, I want to fall in love with him. I want to fall in love with his word. I want to fall in love with the body of Christ that I may show forth the praises of who he is. The world has become too much of a draw. We compare the church things with the worldly things. Those two things are completely different. Well, the world's doing this. Why don't the church do this? Well, the world's singing this song. Why don't we sing this song? You better be careful what your kids are listening to and what you got going on. It disturbs me. I can pastor for a little bit. It disturbs me when people comment on, on Beyonce and what they're listening to. And, and, they, and they're listening to hard rock. And, and they come into the house of God and dance before the Lord. You go to a concert one night about somebody talking about lusting and, and fornicating and all that stuff. But you want to come in and worship God on Sunday? You need to choose you this day whom you shall serve and I want to be a part of a body that says I choose Jesus Christ I choose to know who he is my God First John 2 and 16 says, For everything in the world, the craving of sinful man, the lust of the eyes and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father but from the world. We have somehow diluted the difference between what is right and what is wrong. We have blurred the lines, ladies and gentlemen, but we got to say sometimes in our spirit and say, God created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Give me the strength and the wherewithal to say no to temptation and yes to you. We have come to the rea reality that simply says, uh, oh, I failed again. Oh, I'm doing this again. you got to get on your, on, on, get, encourage yourself in the Lord. Get into the word and say, I have determined in my spirit uh, that I will rise up and be the man and a woman of God that I need to be. I need to get in shape. I couldn't get all that out. Had to breathe. Praises the cravings of a sinful man. John is targeting our hearts. And I'm going to say a story that I have said probably three times, but I think we need to say, hear this again. David Pallison, uh, he's, he's paraphrasing John Calvin, and he wrote this. He said, the evil in our desires often lies not in what we want, but in the fact that we want it too much. Let me say that again. The evil in our desires often lies not in what we want, but in the fact that we want it too much. There are certain things in this world it's okay to have, but when you desire it too much, and you allow it to overtake your emotions and overtake your life, and then you have gone too far. And that captures us. The cravings of a sinful man are legitimate desires that have become false gods of worship. It's wanting too much of things of this fallen world. A sinful craving is when a legitimate desire for financial success. There's nothing wrong with wanting financial success. Nothing wrong with wanting nice things. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. There's nothing wrong with desiring to better yourself. I want my kids to be more successful than me. I want my kids to go to college. I want my kids to do things. I desire them, and I want them to be better than me. I want them to, to, to desire the great things, that, the opportunities in this world. But when that desire becomes greater than the desire for the things of God, 
then there is a problem. A sinful craving is when a legitimate desire for financial success becomes a silent demand for financial success. An interest in clothes and fashion becomes a preoccupation. A love of music morphs into an obsession with the hottest band. Or desire to enjoy a good movie becomes a need to see the latest blockbuster. Or stretching that in even further, going to places you shouldn't be going. There may be nothing wrong with the desires in and of themselves, but when they dominate the landscape of our lives, then, and when we must have them or, any, or nothing else, then we have succumbed to idolatry and worldliness. we got to be careful not to succumb to idolatry and worldliness. Let me say that again. we got to be careful not to become succumb to idolatry and worldliness. Pastor, why are you preaching this way? You know why I'm preaching this way? Because I want to be a church and be a part of a body that wants to take this place by, by, by force and say, my God is with me. It does not matter what comes my way. It's not going to affect my praise. It's not going to affect my testimony. It's not going to affect how I minister to people because I believe in the King of glory. And wherever he is, I'm going to be. And wherever I am, I want him to be. Are we a church that is pumping out the spirit of wilderness or pumping out the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we want to be defined as a people who gather together for church on Sunday or are we a church that gets together on Sunday? Let me say that again. Do we want to be defined as a people who gather together for church on Sunday or are we want to be known or defined as a church that gets together on Sunday? There's a difference. I said there's a difference. We are not, our church is not defined by what we do on Sunday. It should be defined by who we come to be baptized on Monday, how we pray on Tuesday, how we, that is defining the church. So, who are we? Who are we? We are his church, the body of Christ, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Ephesians talks about it. If Ephesians is true, which it is, somebody say amen, then this has to be an incredible implication for those of us who make up the body of Christ. There's a credible mandate God is calling for us to be. Paul mentions a mystery, a secret that God kept so well. Paul wrote the mystery has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To the God, to, to the God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you. which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you think of the church in terms of activities or destination on Sunday, then you this verse makes no sense to you. But if you are full of the Holy Spirit, and then these scriptures are profound and very powerful. I want the glorious riches. I want Christ in me. I want the part of the hope of glory. I'm going to tell you that have got to get out of the mold of saying let's do this or let's do that let's be this and let's be that the body of Christ is Christ in you the hope of glory if I could be so frank today be forthright today I say life way is not what's in you it is Christ that's in you the son of the living God. It's not the name on our sign that will save you. I said it's not the name on our sign that will save you. Lifeway cannot save you. Let me, let me just say something else. The word apostolic does not save you. The word church does not save you. Save you. I cannot save you. That's why we got to be in Christ. He is the hope of glory. We are defined by his measure, by his understanding. The hope of glory, it is not life way in you, it is Christ in you, the son of the living God. God is not out there somewhere and we down here. He is living inside of those that have been filled by his presence. You are the church. You become the hope. You become the manifestation of God in this life. 
you are the vehicle in which God chose to work through. That you are the vehicle. God wants to make himself known. First commandment is to love the Lord thy God. Second command is likened unto the first, that you love your brother and your sister. By that knowledge, they will know you are mine. Lifeway is not a, we're just a, a gathering of believers. We give to the body, we surrender ourselves to the body, we submit to the body, we, we have, God is, and it's very difficult for me to say this, but God has anointed me to be the pastor of this church. Can I say that without being boastful here today? It's very hum, uh, humbling to say that because God has anointed me to be the pastor of this church. And I pray God will just continue to grow in me and, and manifest something in me that make me what he desires me to be in his kingdom. But I cannot save you. I can just be the vehicle in which God just gives out that living word to you. And hopefully that you would respond to the word of God. Let's stand together. We need to be prepared for this world. Prepared for the things of God. Again, I love seeing people come to the God. And we need to be faithful to the house of God and faithful to the things of God. But we have got to get our mind off of each other and start getting our mind on the work of God and the things of God. You know the best way to get out of a funk? I find it the best way for me to get out of a funk is teach the word of God. You begin to share the word of God, all of a sudden something will get a hold of you. I was telling Sister Bonnie this. I said, I said the best way to learn is to teach, to share the, share the gospel. Best way to, to, to learn is to study the word of God and then speak the word of God. It's, it's, Pastor, I could never teach a Bible study. That's just the devil putting fear in your soul. The Bible study is not a chart. It's, not, it's a life. That you demonstrate and you share with people of Christ in you. I, I was had an opportunity to share Sister Cindy's testimony of God healing her rotator cuff a couple weeks ago. It may not be my testimony, but I was here. I can I can say, hey, you. I fill out a report every month for headquarters and I, I filed that report and they always ask what are your needs what are things happening you know how's things going and then it says give us any victory reports well, I typed that up sis Type, typed up the things that God was doing Type those. That, that's, that's what we need to share what God is doing. And I don't just share those on Sunday. I'm going to share those throughout the week and be what God wants us to be. Here's where we're going to pray. We're going to ask God with his spirit to rid us of any carnality and fleshly desires. And I want us to pray that God would help us with the cravings of the things of this world. Help us not to be overcome by the things of this world so much that it ruins or robs us of anything that God is doing in our life. I believe God is going to create, raise a mighty church here. But we got to go through some talk. God told me at the beginning of this year, this will be your toughest year as a pastor. But he said, preach anyway. Still here. And it has been tough. But I still raise my hands with joy. Because you know what? God told me it was going to be tough. So what am I worried about? God said this, so I'm going to rejoice because this is, Paul said it this way. He says, I rejoice that you want to help me. He says, I rejoice that you're coming to me as a gift to help me and instruct me. Philippians 4, read it. He said, I bless you for wanting to encourage me and to help me. I bless God for wanting to encourage me and to help me. I worship him and love him. I bless God for teaching me. I bless God for a family that will help me. I press towards that mark. 
The devil's not playing games, so the church needs to stop playing games. We need to start living for the Lord like God has called us to live. The church. So I feel a segue right now. I'm not talking about a two-wheeled thing you ride. There's a segue right here. God is calling for people to take that step of faith and be committed to the kingdom of God. And let me tell you this how this starts. It starts with your love for God. Love for God. And secondly, it starts with a love for each other. That's where it starts. The first two commandments. And then next Sunday, after service, we're going to have a time of commitment to the Lord. And those that feel God drawing you to be to grow in the Lord, I'm going to teach you the biblical process on how to be better in God. This is not, this is a mo, like a ministry, preparing for ministry class, preparing for the kingdom class or whatever we want to call it. But this is actually what this is, is to prepare you to be what God wants you to be. Coming to this class does not mean that you're going to be preaching the next week or holding a Sunday school class or having a prayer meeting. You're going to, it's not, that's what this is. I said this Wednesday night, but this class, you know, Jesus, it took him three and a half years to train men and women to do the call of ministry. And they were with him all the day. We're going to be together for an hour or two once a month or something like that. It's going to take some time. It's a growth process. But we have halted a lot of ministries in this church. Not putting anybody else in any kind of ministry. We're not doing anything else until God gets a hold of us. Because God's going to build this house. I said, God's got to build this house. I said, God's got to build this house. And when we become like God, and then God can build the house. We got to get some things right. Things aren't drastically wrong. We just need a, a nice shift in our spirit. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.